1: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: The Telegraph.
1: Telegraph. Podcasts.
0: Fashion Unzipped, in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since
1: 1860. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Charlie Gowns eglinton Senior Fashion Editor at The Telegraph. With me in the studio today are my colleagues Caroline Leeper, Acting Senior Fashion Editor, and Chloe McDonnell, Acting Fashion Editor. Coming up, we're talking all things Golden Globes, like the changing climate of the red carpet post-Time's Up. It
2: did feel like a bit of a retreat. It maybe in a way could seem a bit fickle that... This time last year, everyone wore black. And then, as you said, all of a sudden this year, it was like back to normal, back to business. Why fashion on the red carpet is big business. The would they way. need to be posting what lipstick they're wearing on Instagram or talking us through their getting ready routine? If they were paid equally to men, probably not. But would they still turn down the cash? I don't know. And, of course, our best dressed. I thought she looked amazing and I loved it. And then I realized, and then I saw who it was by and I was like, oh, is this okay? To I say hate you like myself this? for it. Writing about fashion for a newspaper,
1: we all spend a lot of time looking at the red carpets and what people are wearing on them. But post times up and those all black protest red carpets, is this a welcome return to old red carpet glamour or does it feel off? I think people are confused with what, what they can and can't do now. I think
0: when we saw the Golden Globes, Um, we saw a bit of a, uh, some people were still staying in the black dress code, the safety zone. Lots of people went completely the opposite way. They were celebrating, you know, colour and huge dresses, princess dresses, um, real frothy kind of fun fashion. And there is this bit of a time at the moment where people just, there is no right or wrong way to do it. And, and that's okay. That, you know, we had people wearing these huge couture dresses with their Times Up, Times Two badge and, and uh, you know, both of these things coexisting at the same time. And and again, that's okay. That, uh, people are doing a bit of anything.
2: Yeah, I think there's kind of this feeling that you can wear whatever you want and you can say that you're wearing what you want because you want to. But also... We have to remember that the red carpet stars that we see are often ambassadors for certain brands. So it's a business at the end of the day on the red carpet. So they may be wearing what they want to wear, but it will be a select choice from the brand that they're sponsored by, which is a whole other kind of murky area. I was actually trying to find a stat around how much the red carpet business is worth. And I think the fact that you can't find one, that both like celebrities, stylists, and brands haven't really ever said how much these deals are worth kind of says a lot about the industry itself.
1: But it did feel like a bit of a retreat to have kind of this really strong statement of all these women together wearing black and then to go back to colour felt, felt like a retreat. But then at the same time, all of those black dresses, you know, women weren't wearing black burlap sacks or <laughs> black jeans and jumpers. They were still wearing couture dresses. They, they were still ornately beaded in lots of cases and ruffled and pleated they were just black they were still the designer gowns yeah
0: it's, it's really interesting to see and and like Chrissy Turner from the team and I were both in overnight um, for the Golden Globes and literally watching obviously live as, as each person comes out and for the first kind of you know 10, 20 people that arrived we just had no idea this time which way it was going to go like there were people the, the early the early arrivals were playing it very safe, and then and then as it as it kind of progressed, you got people going bolder and bolder until Lady Gaga, <laughs> uh, and, and it, it was like, which way is it going to go? It, we really didn't know. But um, someone who put it really well, I thought, this time was the stylist Chloe Hartstein so she styled both Melissa McCarthy and Glenn Close for the Golden Globes this year um, and will do the same for any other appearances that that they have going forward on the red carpet in 2019 and she said this really interesting thing that was like that after last year's Globes when obviously it was a real statement about gender inequality and a a statement of protest and solidarity um, she said that this year's red carpet should be seen as a celebration of femininity and appreciating talented women. She said that, you know, the whole point is to show that, that, that these women can be strong and opinionated, but also that they can enjoy fashion and these two things are not mutually exclusive. And anyone kind of who traditionally thought that they were mutually exclusive, that's now seen as a real kind of archaic view. That's the the old way of thinking. She said that as long as her client says at the end of the day that they feel good and strong in what they're wearing and confident, then
1: her job is done. That's how she sees it. I just find it hard to tally. As a journalist, we receive these press releases constantly. You know, as people are appearing on the red carpet, we're getting press releases saying she's wearing X, Y, Z. Her jewels are from... This exorbitantly expensive brand on Instagram, people are sharing their, you know, got ready wearing this foundation or this makeup or had this facial with this facialist. Everything feels so sponsored. And it's just a shame because you end up, rather than seeing a woman in a beautiful dress, you're kind of seeing pound signs. There was a fascinating backlash actually after, I think it was the Oscars
0: last year or. Maybe it was one of the other ones last year. But um, yeah, there was this fascinating backlash up to E! News. So E! News in America, the TV channel that loves their red carpet coverage and they film live you know from all of the award shows they were doing this thing that was called a manicam. so they were getting actresses to like basically make their fingers walk in like a funny like like a photo booth but but miniature size to show off their jewelry on their hands it was like a mini red off.
2: carpet wasn't it it was
0: exactly they got yeah. their fingers to walk it. yeah yeah it was like a like little 360 kind of thing exactly yeah. but of just their hands to show off their manicures and their jewelry and there was this huge backlash because so many stars ref- women were refusing to do it on the red carpet because they thought it was completely, you know, what a waste of time, what a stupid thing to do. But then, you know, in the next breath, we've got we've got people who are, you know, totally accepting, as you say, Charlie, the the, the these huge, you know, deals from fashion and beauty and jewelry kind of sponsors um, to wear different things and to to talk about their clothes and to uh, so it is a very M- not murky. Yeah, it? I think it is a very murky, murky. water. Yeah.
1: So. It did feel like there was some positive change, though. I mean, there was a celebration of women in unconventional female roles, I felt. And coming off the back of the Fashion Awards in December as well, which was a real celebration of female designers, You know, the, the top models, it, it felt a lot more women-heavy. Mutia Prada with her outstanding achievement to fashion we're seeing a lot more women being celebrated and I felt like the Globes echoed that a bit. And to see Sandra Oh co-hosting, she actually spoke on the stage about feeling that it was a moment of change and she was quite tearful as she kind of looked out at her parents, a lot of the female leads in Crazy Rich Asians and also films that were di- more diverse in general like Black Panther, Black Klansmen were both up for lots of awards. But that being said, there were no female directors even nominated and none nominated for the BAFTAs either so the change is only going so far and actually you're seeing women nominated for these amazing roles but we still have best actress and best actor categories so we're still not saying kind of you you played this the best out of everyone we're saying you're the best woman and the best man is that out of date it's tricky isn't it
0: because as you say like until it's represented in the work and the jobs that are being offered to people it, it, you can't do it for awards can you mm. until the until the you know playing field is level for uh, from the start it it can it seems weird to try and make the awards like that because as you say when it does happen in the director category You know, we know that there are so many less opportunities for female directors um, to get the funding that they need to get all sorts of, you know, backing.
1: So how do they stand a chance? Regina King, actually, when she accepted her award, she pledged to only work with uh, teams that were at least 50% women Mm -hmm. from now on, so to only take on projects like that. And she kind of was a call to arms for her fellow actors to do the same, but... I do feel like these award ceremonies often are surrounded by a lot of promises for change. And it's like times up. You know that was a that was a call for change. There were a lot of promises made then are they are they coming true? It's difficult to say.
0: I do feel like change is a slow thing and it was never going to be able to change an entire industry overnight. But, you know, there are some promising takeaways. Like, I felt like this um, round of Golden Globes and this round of award season looked a lot more ageless.
1: Than- there were really unconventional female roles, I think. Yeah. Really strong, meaty roles that weren't mm. just... Obviously, you had the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper element, but then you also had the favourite and the wife and these... Yeah, there were roles
2: that weren't just sense. somebody's boyfriend, or somebody's girlfriend
1: or somebody's husband
0: or, you
2: know. Yeah, and I think, as you were saying, Charlie, there has been changes. But I think it has started conversations, which is good. It's created headlines, which is also positive. But it maybe in a way could seem a bit fickle that this time last year, everyone wore black. And then, as you said, all of a sudden this year, it was like back to normal, back to business. But... I guess it started conversations. There was references to it. Women were talking about it, and also coming back to kind of that whole idea of everything being sponsored. I guess with the huge division of pay between men and women in the industry, sponsorship is an area where women can excel and make a lot of money through the jewelry, through the makeup deals that they're they're sponsored in. So maybe in a way, they they should just you know go on go on ahead and hashtag spawn It because. That's where you're going to make some cash. It's true, actually. Like I think when I think
0: of last year's Oscars, actually I think Margot Robbie won. Even she didn't win the Oscar, but she might as well have. She won overall because, like, her stylist Kate Young. I will never forget her talking about the campaign that she called it in the run up the fashion campaign that she went on so in every sort of appearance and and you know all of these things that she did in the run up to that moment at the Oscars in that final dress she was strategically thinking about Margot Robbie's personal brand image what she looks like how she's portrayed you know she's presenting herself as a stylish person and that has huge impact business-wise the end of it she announced on oscars night that she'd become a chanel contract uh, holder uh, so
2: you know that campaign has paid off that's her prize also that's not going to be um, a cheap campaign to, to bag you know that's going to be some serious money i remember um i think it was yeah so jennifer lawrence in 2014 it was rumored that when she signed her three year deal with dior um it was worth between 15 and 20 million Okay. So, you know. You're not gonna say no to that.
1: Although that's <laughs> still small fry compared to a lot of the acting gigs, isn't it? Mm. I have no idea. I mean none of these people are on the breadline, obviously, it's all <laughs> 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 but it is it is interesting to maybe think that if women
2: were being paid equally to men, would they need to court yeah, exactly. Russian yeah. ambassadorships in the way? Would same they need way? to be posting what lipstick they're wearing? On Instagram, or um, you know, talking us through their getting ready routine uh, while they go for that thousand dollar facial that is nicely sponsored for them. Yeah, would they need to do that if they were paid equally to men? Probably not. But would they still turn down the cash? I don't know. Fashion Unzipped in association
0: with Tag Heuer, excellence, precision, and elegance. Our timepieces are designed for those who love challenges.
1: So having said that being an amazing actress and being interested in fashion are not mutually exclusive, let's talk about the dresses. <laughs> and not all dresses, in fact, some trouser suits for women, mm. uh,
2: some trousers, dresses, hybrid things from <laughs> julia hybrids are good hybrid's a good word i think for this season lots of people love a hybrid now, they? Don't they? Yeah. what did everybody love at the golden globe specifically i loved speaking of hybrids i love julia roberts in that kind of tool bodice and those cigarette trousers uh from stella mccartney i just think she looked so chic i mean i love her in general so
0: i was i loved julia roberts look but i had kind of secretly hoped so this was almost 30 years since her first ever golden globe win when she wore that armani suit hmm. and it was a men's suit and it was such a st- and with a tie it was such a statement at the time um, and i thought she could have done something so clever and done like a full you know come full circle 30 years later could she have you know post times up post me too Or this, and and like a throwback in a real, you know, Mm. would have been an opportunity. I'm just saying.
1: But then, is wearing a trouser suit making the same statement it did then? No, No, because in this kind of times, that world, it's not. That's not kind of just for men. And and we've seen so many women wearing amazing trouser suits on red carpets Mm. now.
2: I also thought Jodie Comer in that black tulle kind of ruffled gown from... Loved it. Ralph and Russo, it was so great. Obviously in Killing Eve,
1: that you know, she's not choosing her costumes there, mm. but they were so brilliant and really bold. You know, that Molly Goddard pink tool dress. So I was really excited to see that maybe she is actually into those costumes and that's going to become her red carpet style. I hope so. She's totally into those costumes, yeah. I interviewed her for Stella um, last year
0: and we had such a fashion chat because she loves molly goddard and has a molly goddard dress in real life and she loves you know she's just so into it so she's a really exciting one to watch i think for this year ahead because
1: she's just going to be so experimental and really you know giving proper fashion a go it's not controversial that i think rachel (gasps) Weiss looks fabulous because she does look fabulous and she's A very talented and beautiful woman. However, she was wearing new Celine. Okay. Celine by Eddie Slimane. And I'm not an Eddie Slimane fan, but it was a black column dress with a white kind of pleated and ruffled
2: tall top half. I thought she looked amazing and I loved it. And then I realized, and then I saw who it was by and I was like, Oh, is this okay to save like myself this? for it? I mean, <laughs> I can't really stand on my soapbox forever, I suppose, but It was it was really good. And also I love the way it kind of referenced um the film The Favourite, which she was there for. Um, because I had that kind of slight um period costume ruffled dramaticness to it. Um which I think is really great when a when a actor or actress on the red carpet kind of references her character.
0: I wish Emily Blunt had done more of that with the Mary Poppins mm. because she did at first when she was on the Mary Poppins press tour. She was wearing like really whimsical, really
1: fun. Oh God, stuff. whimsical doesn't sound like anything I want to ever be described
2: as. I no, actually think it would like be Ma- um... your Mary Poppins. Yeah, and I th- <laughs> I actually think it would be so great if um, they dressed like characters from the film nominated for I mean how great would that red carpet be a whole different (laughs) alternative red carpet that I would tune into it would just take away from you know all this talk of uh, sponsored deals etc they would dress as their characters a costume Mm. parade exactly Uh, who else did we love
1: Uh, Um, I thought actually that Lady Gaga I mean I've never met Lady Gaga oh but <laughs> the wardrobe, the whole, you know, mm. as she's been promoting A Star is Born, the pink feathered dress and the, you know, Bradley helping her off a boat. It's all been a little bit saccharine for me. And the Valentino couture periwinkle blue dress that she wore to the Globes. Periwinkle. Was is it in, periwinkle? It was periwinkle. Diet Prada has gone to lengths to prove this. Pier Paolo has weighed in. It's Periwinkle. <laughs> I thought she looked fabulous. I thought she looked fun. I
0: love the kind of drama that comes with a Lady Gaga wardrobe in terms of like that there were like seven assistants kind of arranging mm. the train. You know,
2: it, it's never low maintenance. It's it's proper diva red carpet moment, which I think you want. What I enjoy about Lady Gaga is she's like the ultimate
1: bridezilla But she's not even a bride. But this year, she's going to be a bride.
2: (gasps) Of course she is. Is everybody ready? She's getting married. And I just can't even imagine... No. I've actually been um, updating her style gallery today. So looking back at, like, all her looks over the past two years. And I just had not realised how many brilliant and kind of bonkers looks she's done but she kind of manages to pull them off so I'm just imagining for this wedding there's going to be at least seven changes but that's what I used to love about her style
1: is that she was really brave with it and obviously you know the meat dress not particularly Mm. wearable there weren't any style (laughs) takeaways for me in that but you could kind of expect her to do the unexpected and then that she's gone into this whole kind of princess phase I have background story on this so,
0: <laughs> after extensive research, I know all about the House of Gaga, spelled H-A-U-S, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. of Gaga, um, and what's been going on behind the scenes. So, we shall remember, Nicola Formichetti mm-hmm. was her original personal creative director, real job title, um, <laughs> from, I think, 2009 to 2015 or something. So, a long time. Um, and he was the one who was doing, you know, the Hussein Shalayan egg moments and the, you know, the meat dress and all of that. He was there for that. Then she moved into Brandon Maxwell phase. So Brandon Maxwell worked underneath Nicola and then took over when Nicola stepped back. Brandon Maxwell era was quite quiet. She didn't, she wasn't releasing as much material. She was kind of just doing the you know, bits and pieces. It was a little bit more quiet. Then the new duo who are doing her are called Sandra and Tom. Don't know what the surnames are. They don't need them. They don't need, they, <laughs> don't, they don't need them. They're from the house of Gaga. They are born and raised in the Gaga house. So they came up as originally they were assistants of the assistants of the assistants
1: and now they've made it to be first port of contact wow. for Dreams, Gaga. Dreams this, can come true. But guys. this disappoints me because, you know, that means we've just seen Nicola's style. We've seen Brandon's style. We've seen Sandra and Tom's style. Will the real Lady Gaga please stand up? <laughs> but Sandra and Tom are taking her to...
0: To movie star Gaga era, that's their mm-hmm. goal. She's doing the feathers, she's doing the old school glam. She's trying to do a bit of this. She Hollywood. does, um,
2: she does method acting. So it's like I think this is all part of it. She's mm. she's now Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is all about. So that's why we're seeing her in these gowns. That you were like, oh
0: okay, maybe it isn't. You know, the, she's not hatching from an egg, but she she's in like proper, still quite extraordinary princess gown era.
1: Okay. Don't step on it. I mean... <laughs> 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 I feel like my slight uncertainty is echoed in Hollywood. Mm. There must be, though, when, when someone's a singer and then they become an actress.
2: Oh, it must really annoy them. You because know, at, a successful actress as well. They must just be like, oh, really?
1: And actually, um, Sandra Oh and Andy Sandberg, the hosts both did a little kind of play on Lady Gaga because she's only got this one speech that she's been making to on all the press tour, basically. She said it like a hundred times, probably. Oh, i am um, seeing this. It's so good. That you know, Google it. there can be a hundred people in a room that don't believe in you and you just need one and that's Bradley Cooper. And she said it so many times that both hosts said it during proceedings. <laughs> uh, and I quite enjoyed it. I feel like everyone's a bit uncertain whether she's... It's it kind of feels like she's still method acting
2: mm. right now. She's method acting. I'd love movie to know what guy. Bradley really thinks because he's like you know he's obviously on every red carpet too. He's stepping alongside her, and I'd just love to know he did when it. he when he cast her in that film. Did he did he know the results were going to be like this? He did a
1: pure white tux as well. He mm, did. one was interested. He did win best original song. Mm.
2: He did. So there's that. What about the men? Speaking of Bradley, well, the men, I think, have really stepped up their game, which I think might stem from um, the whole, you know, uh, Me Too movement anyway, because we're now thinking, well, we always ask the women what they wear. Maybe we should ask the men what they wear. So I feel like they're, you know, they're still wearing classic tuxes. I mean, Michael B. Jordan wore um, a Burberry suit it was very classic but then he had a Cartier vintage brooch dazzling on his lapel so mm-hmm. I think even if you're going to go down the classic route you can still um, accessorise so that when you are stopped and asked what are you wearing you don't just say a suit I thought Timothy Chalamet's mm. on harness
1: was fantastic speaking of
2: accessorizing, speaking of accessorising <laughs> and it's actually a beaded bib According okay. to the notes. Looks Aww. like a harness. Okay. Well,
1: I mean, I feel like you could use it as a harness, but maybe we want to stay clear of that. <laughs> <laughs> use it as a harness. <laughs> well. <When? laughs> but I think he's a real one to watch because maybe this could be a slightly mm. different um, interpretation of, of red carpet menswear coming mm. from him because they do tend to play it quite safe, I think, most of the men. He's opening up the the conversation about menswear,
0: definitely. He's a person who's pushing it it forward. The other one who I thought was really interesting was Cody Fern, who was in the um, American Crime Story, the Versace um, series. Um, So he was nominated with the, the cast of that. But he wore kind of a sheer... A sheer shirt, he wore um some some really great um eye makeup and then he wore these Margella boots. You know, you get the toe uh the toe mm. hoof.
1: Boots. The cloven hoof. Cloven mm. hoof, thank
0: you. That's of those are the words I'm looking for. <laughs> yes, he wore those cloven hoof boots. So um and he yeah, he really stood out and he he was like a person who was trending because people were were, you know, talking so much about what he was wearing on the night. But he,
1: he also kept it quite classic, really. Um, but yet yeah, had his own little twist on it. So we're very kindly not suggesting that men might just be attention-seeking because women are having a moment.
2: <laughs>
1: well. <laughs> what what are your kind of top red carpet moments looking back? Are there things you constantly refer to, like the that Gwyneth Paltrow pale pink Ralph Lauren dress from the 99 Oscars? I was just about to say that I was that just about one. to say that too. <laughs> I... Also love, uh, Grace Kelly in 1955 wore this mint green satin dress by Edith Head to win her Oscar. I think what you win an Oscar in, that's quite a moment, right? So mm. that's going to be immortalised, so you have to choose well. But also for me, anything that Cher has ever worn. <laughs> uh, mostly by Bob Mackey.
2: There were some immaculate two pieces um, in the 70s in particular. I love all those pictures as well because obviously it was before social media so you just had the pap shots or the on stage shots and I think it was just so elegant when you look back there wasn't you know a zillion selfies or. In the paper the
0: next day and then didn't see it again for a while Mm. how
2: nice that is quite refreshing isn't it Mm.
1: maybe that's why they've dated so well yeah. Yeah, def- oh, definitely. They've not end. been shoved down our throats for no. weeks on end.
2: I and- also particularly love Liz Hurley in that um, safety pin dress. I
1: just yeah. think that
2: is just the ultimate moment.
1: That's one way to kind of make your entrance into, mm. I into mean, the media.
2: Yeah, who'd ever forget that? Also, I know we discussed it already, but Julia Roberts in that suit. Mm.
0: And I know we're saying, you know, a suit, if she did it again now, it might not have the same, you know, impact whatever but it can have a completely different impact in a, in a different environment. I mean look at when Cara Delevingne wore um she wore a morning suit to to one of the royal weddings last year, can't remember which one. Um <laughs> Megan's no. I uh, think, no, it, I think was it was usually... yeah. Oh yeah, well sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Okay. Yeah. Cara Delevingne wore, wore a morning seat to one of the royal weddings last year. So And that ha- went viral because people were saying, you know, she had a top hat and Was How exciting. So I just think it depends on, you know, the context. and Like you say, sometimes when you look at those images again, however many years later, because they weren't oversaturated at the time, We'd, they weren't all over our social feeds, they're just
1: as great for Instagramming now. Also, I think back then you didn't realise necessarily that someone was making a protest. Mm. You know, Julia Roberts might have been making a statement about women's role in the film industry. We don't know because she wasn't on Instagram or Twitter sharing Mm. that. And Rose McGowan, who has been incredibly outspoken about Weinstein and a huge part of that movement, when she wore that completely sheer beaded dress at the VMAs in 1998, you know, the one you could see her thong, and she wasn't wearing a bra and it was just completely sheer. She was with Marilyn Manson at the time and they walked the red carpet together At the time, that was just, you know, oh, God, how daring, how controversial. And actually, it was kind of the the pre-runner to all those naked dresses that we see Kim Kardashian and Beyonce wear, where it's kind of just Swarovski beading, covering a few areas, but really it's pretty much sheer. But since then, she's spoken out and said that actually it was a political statement because it was her first public appearance after being sexually assaulted. And how strange that... Because of the lack of social media, Mm. she didn't have a platform to say that at the time.
2: Speaking of raising awareness, um, I thought it was interesting that Michelle Yeoh uh, re-wore a dress to the um, Golden Globes that she actually wore to the Met Gala in 2015. Because obviously there's lots of talk at the moment about sustainability, uh, recycling clothes, etc. So I thought that was quite a nice way to do it I'm just wondering if we're going to see maybe more stars might do that in the future you know the way Caroline was just mentioning about Julia Roberts re-wearing that Armani suit well this sustainability on the red carpet thing is definitely one to watch because
0: like you say, a lot of people have just completely ignored it. But there are a few stars who've been trying to do bits and pieces over the last year. Obviously, Emma Watson is one who is always trying to get, you know, a dress commissioned from some sort of recycled material, you know, mm. washed up from wherever. And she's getting, you know, she's commissioning Dior to do something like that for her. Or, you know, there's there's a lot of people who are doing that. But again, like we said, they're, they're people who who've got kind of access to an amazing design house to make them something out of you know what might be a very expensive recycled plastic material or something uh, to make it look like a luxury gown so th- th- what was great about Michelle's um you know thing is that it's something that actually people can relate to yeah like, i i'd wear my dress again
1: but then i wonder how many of them actually keep the dresses because a lot of them are custom made and i imagine they get to keep those mm. but if you're just borrowing a catwalk look, you're borrowing it. It's a sample. And then actually, yeah, it's a sample. Yeah. So, True. probably a lot of them only have them
2: for one night. I guess they're being reworn yeah. them by other people. So, maybe that is.
1: So happening. sustainable. So look sustainable. at that. Fashion ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an elite,
2: um,
0: well paid
1: actress.
2: With access to design and fit the <laughs> same sample size. And as as oh, sample yeah. Price, and, you're same, and obviously, you're
1: sample <laughs> size. <laughs> What was refreshing, I thought, was the amount of women kind of over 40, over 50, over 60 that we see on the red carpet not blending in. I think there used to perhaps be an expectation that over a certain age you should wear something really tasteful um, and age-appropriate. And by that I mean, you know, a bit boring and quiet and that you shouldn't wear anything too daring. And I think it's brilliant that, you know, Susan Sarandon is, is one of my favorite examples of this she's 72 i think and she wears really low cut dresses off the shoulder she wears thigh high slits in her dresses she wears sunglasses on the red carpet which is also fabulous and i just think it's brilliant that it's changing the narrative of what a woman in her 70s looks like you know she's not wearing a tasteful two-piece suit and, you know, politely stepping aside to allow the 20-year-old to come in in her ball gown. She's still really involved in choosing... She's still really choosing dresses that make a statement and that are really fashionable. And I just love that she's still engaging with that. I completely agree. All of those women
0: are completely fashion relevant and completely you know having as much of a of a stake in in this big red carpet fashion business that we're talking about um as as any other young you know young star um it, all you have to do really is look at the best dressed this that we've just discussed I mean we've got who did we talk about Julia Roberts 51 Glenn close 71 uh you know all these people are are incre- incredibly stylish and and you know why not and when I look at the um I did a piece in Stellar magazine um the weekend before The Globes, um which was kind of looking at the ageless red carpet stars of, of now and who was nominated this year. And of the thirty five women who were nominated in the best actress categories this year, only five of them were under thirty-five, which is actually pretty um a pretty great stat because, you know, quite often, like we say, it's it's, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old stars who, who are just coming through who who are seen dominating on the red
1: carpet it always used to be who's the hot young thing of the year no longer is that a is that a point and actually they were winning the awards as well they weren't mm. just nominated they were actually taking home the gongs but i think for me actually a lot of the time the best dressed women on the red carpets are women who have found a personal style and they tend to be not the 20-somethings, because you do kind of get the impression that the younger actresses are being dressed by a stylist. They're not really involved in in choosing the pieces themselves. They're just being told what to wear, whereas women like Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton are always impeccably dressed Mm. but also have their own personal styles. Tilda in particular, I think, some of what she chooses is really quite bonkers and quite avant-garde, And she just looks fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She totally, like, owns her style. You know, she's confident and comfortable with it. So I just think, yeah, she always looks great on the red carpet.
0: Yeah. I know I keep banging on about Glenn Close, but my God, as well, when she was nominated, I was so excited because I just think as well, she's someone who, you know, it's going to be either tailoring or, like, some dramatic, very regal gown. Like, there's always an element of, like... I'm the Queen, hi. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and what
1: she wore, that Armani dress that she wore to the Golden Globes, to totally now na- ticked that box. Well, but it was sort of a cape, wasn't it? It was like a floor-length yeah. Yeah. cape with a bit jewelled kind of beading down the front.
2: Yeah. Very and dramatic. I like Jamie Lee Curtis and that um, shimmering Alexander McQueen, which also matched her hair. Oh, she yeah, yeah she'd gone whiter with her mm. hair to match
1: the white of the dress. Very okay. cool. Well... I think you can go too far with that, Lady Gaga. I'm looking at you. Oh, hey, the blue and the, the blue, blue hair. rinse. You Peri- don't periwinkle, sorry, periwinkle. I'm not sure the hair was
2: periwinkle though. <laughs> no, not sure if it was the blue rinse down your little salon hairdresser. Either, got the reference.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to give us a five star review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to help people find us. And check back in a few weeks when Bryony Gordon's going to be joining us to talk about body image.
0: Fashion Unzipped, in association with Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860.